This episode of the Blue Hawaii podcast, like all the other ones, contains explicit language. Like sometimes we might call Donald Trump a... Or we would say Jeff Sessions looks like a... With his head inside of a... And then when you watch the news, sometimes it's just like... Yeah. Yeah. So... There'll be a lot of that. There may be some. And if there is, we're sorry. Uh, but we're bleeping it and... I'm only human. If we're being honest, all. is bleeping really the biggest thing to worry about I'm right now? Human we're putting children all. in cages. Put the blame on Enjoy me. the show. One day, one day. One day, yo, 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 one day, one day, one day, for the people to say. Welcome back to the Blue Hawaii Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This it's is time. your wall-to-wall World Cup theme song 2010 coverage. It's time for a World Cup date. <laughs> I love it. So, right now, Germany and Sweden are locked in a tight battle to decide who will join Mexico in the next round. Uh, Viva la Mexico, man. Dude. We called it. You North called it, specifically. Conca, CONCACAF, baby. You yeah, know, man. You know. We've got some good players. Like, like you know, as, as this week has shown, unfortunately, Middle America, like, we love Mexican food. We love Mexican drugs. We love Mexican beer. We don't really seem to care about... Actual Mexicans? Actual Mexicans. Or Central Americans, so we, for what it's worth. So we should change that. And yeah. it starts now. But all my life I've been waiting for. For these people to say that we don't want to fight no more? There'll be no more war. And our children will play. After we let them out of the cages. That's not happening anytime <laughs> oh soon. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, world uh, actual World Cup news. Um, Argentina's backup goalie uh, had his own J.R. Smith, Loris Karius moment. Did you see this? Mm, that's No, I didn't. So uh, go look it up. Uh, he tries to boot it. Uh, no. Tees up the defender from no. point blank, as opposed to as opposed to throwing it. To yeah. Tees up the defender from point blank range and misses. Th- no. Uh, tees up the striker actually. Not his. He tries to tee up his defender. Uh, it sort of floats about five yards in front of him to the Croatian striker who's waiting very patiently and still has a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, throws his leg out to the side, rainbows it over the goalkeeper into the back of the net. And immediately the camera cuts to Lionel Messi with his head in his hands. So, Lionel, depending on what happens... Uh, Messi's just never done good in the World Cup. He, it's Jekyll and this big Jekyll and Hyde thing. Him in Barcelona and his club team versus him in Argentina and the national team. Yeah, he just like, uh, but he, he just he got shits to, the bed every time the World Cup they rolls made around. To, they made it to the silver medal last time. But yeah, yeah so but... depending on how their game with Nigeria goes. And Nigeria had a very impressive win over Iceland. Um, and well, Croatia's through. They won the group. They romped Argentina. Uh, well, it's like for one me, of the best performances I've ever seen. To me, Messi Ronaldo is very similar to LeBron Carmelo. They came around around the same time. They both are very prolific scorers. They're top in the world at one point. But like in fifty years, there will be statues of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, if there, <laughs> there's one statue already, as I understand. No, okay, well that's. Carmelo Anthony is a little harsh. I think a you better, think so? Yeah, I think a better. Uh, I'm just saying that for for the longest time, him and LeBron and Carmelo were compared to each other relentlessly. Yeah, Ronaldo and Messi are compared to each other relentlessly because but, they're the two best in the world. Right, but they're they're 
relative it's it's we were at the point where we take what they do for granted i think because of how long they've been doing it especially you know little Messi scoring 50 goals a year for the past 10 to 15 years um i think a better comparison would be like if you believe uh i guess if you were to believe so pele Marad- pele and diego maradona are kind of like the is it michael jordan or lebron james so then i guess like right under that would be like one of be like Kobe and Magic Johnson. Mm. Did you see Maradona? All those gifts of him this week? He's a very expressive man. Maradona was flying he was flying private yeah. with a with a ten course feast in front of him and a and a bag of chotch to the side. One of a kind. And, One. and homeboy just he was lit the entire yeah. the entirety of his existence. You, you gotta be. Uh he's that's what he's known for. Um, but back to you know to ring in on the 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 Messi Ronaldo debate, which is one of those just like we couldn't get away from the the entire NBA playoffs. Is LeBron the goat? Is LeBron the goat? Uh, as Fox commentator F- Fernando Fiore, who is Argentinian, he's a big fan of Messi. Uh, he points out when he concedes Ronaldo's greatness at this World Cup. You know, Ronaldo scored the hat trick against Spain in the opening round. He he made the observation: Cristiano is thirty three. The age of Christ, <laughs> and he just sort of just like let that one hang out there in the studio, and everybody like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, he was okay. the age of Christ. And then uh, Balkan politics made an uh, unexpected showing at the Switzerland Serbia game. Is that so? Yeah. So um, a couple of or few of Switzerland's players, but notably their two goal scorers, are both uh, of Kosovo ancestry, and their parents, uh, their parents, either they fled. One fled when they were young. The other's parents fled. Fleeing brutal Fle- dictator Slobodan Milosevic, exactly. who was exactly. tried and convicted in the International Criminal Court. So, what a few people actually. So, uh, first, uh, Granite Xhaka, who scored like this, like thirty-yard power strike, uh, runs to the side and throws up the Albanian double eagle in celebration, like a big, mm. like things are getting spicy. Uh, and then the winner, Jordan Shakiri, rips off his shirt, throws another double eagle. Uh, and the camera cuts to his shoes. One, his right shoe, I, right and left, you know, I'm probably mixing this up. One shoe has the Swiss flag on the back. The other has the Kosovo flag on the back. Ooh. So this was a, you know, Serbia, Sports diplomacy, man. Serbia won their first game. They lost this one. So they're still, they still have a chance. And I'm still hoping for the eventual Serbia-Croatia matchup. No one wants to see that. Oh, I, Europe will explode. It's tasty. It I will descend wait. quickly into civil war. Considering, you know, international diplomacy and international politics is a total failure right now. At least, like, this mini stuff is... <laughs> we can just fight our wars yeah. via World Cup. And we yeah. just do the World Cup constantly. Yeah. And people are always playing each other. And that's how we solve our problems. But, uh, like we said, uh, Mexico, our neighbors, they got a great win over South Korea today. They are almost certainly through. They are flying high. Um, Arriba. Vamos. Vamos. Let's do the drop. Yeah. We often hear holly meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced of foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu, Ahui Ho. Haole. is a perfectly good word. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And we have another tremendously, wonderfully, exciting, interesting, captivating episode for you today. We're going to talk 
national news. You know it. International news, mm -hmm. local news. There's some mm -hmm. juicy local news this week. And then we've got a great interview with Lieutenant Governor candidate uh, and current Hawaii Senator Jill Takuda. Very cool. Um, super cool lady. We enjoyed talking with her. Uh, it's a fun interview. We um, we got to we got to see the uh, the human side of you know candidates sure. and politicians. That we that's a lot. Of, you know the, the cliche is that you don't see that side. It's yeah. Perfect. But we like we got into we talked about favorite TV shows, uh, what you bring to a desert island, all sorts of good stuff. We think you'll enjoy. She's a good sport. She's yeah. She's very. Uh, she's a very good sport. That's yeah. a great way to she's characterize her. She's a good her. sport, and she's also much to my delight a bit of a nerd i like that about her enjoyable yeah Enjoy good people she's good people i'm a bit of a nerd you don't set up a recording rig in your basement every saturday for six months and not be a bit of a nerd certainly if you're not making any money doing so well we're making some money we're just not making as much as we'd like and with that said uh if you want to support us go on down to homebrew in paradise 740 mova street in kalihikai you know they're bringing you all the greatest wine beer cider fermented food uh equipment and recipes and if you mention the blue hawaii podcast you get 10 percent off all starter kits and recipes you know that's like so it's kind of a nerdy thing to do but we respect that yeah 10 percent is actually twice honolulu sales tax twice and then some so gee i don't know what happened in the news this week any uh, big uh any big no i can't think of anything like fascist level crisis no, I, I actually i saw a thing on twitter uh they stopped doing all that last week oh, okay we're fine. yeah you know it's interesting that the democrats are suddenly pretending to care about children after ignoring hillary clinton's secret pedophile ring for years oh thank god i'm just glad somebody liberated those kids yeah. and then they were promptly put into cages <laughs> did you like uh, melania's jacket what a bad person i, I just you know i remember we're being gaslit by I, every member of this administration i including remember the, spouses. the outrage over Michelle president Obama's sleeves no president obama wearing a tan suit you mean the same like and then of course and, uh, reagan which, wore a tan which, suit which hw wore a tan suit the best yeah political pun i've ever heard uh for barack obama which was the audacity of taupe <laughs> i loved it i was like you know what that's a stupid thing to get mad about yeah. but a brilliant kind the time michelle obama wore a sleeveless dress Oh yeah, or the time she tried to make our kids eat vegetables, and people were like, "What?" A, I don't know. Right. Make, it was like, she tried to encourage our kids to eat vegetables. People were like, "What an evil, soulless, heartless, uh, brutal, dictatorial president." Gee, what's the difference? I can't possibly imagine. And then this woman goes to a child prison camp. Says, "Good luck." A, a, a concentration camp. When she goes, we're very uh, happy that all children are always care. Be best. Be best. <laughs> And then she wears a shirt and says, I don't really care. It's like the woman has an entire team, yeah. a crew of people whose only job it is, is to make her look good and all then, the time. And then her idiot husband gets on Twitter. like, of course, like the, her staff says, there's no secret message. It's like, are you really truly telling me yeah. that with a team of 40 people, 40 yeah. politicos that no one thought... You know, maybe the optics on this aren't good. And then Trump gets her, her dumbass husband gets on Twitter and says, "Well, she's speaking to the fake news media. She knows." There's no. We're all being gaslit. There's though. no. I mean, they're trying. Yeah. What an awful attempt! Like, yeah. go for subtlety more than Speaking that. Speaking of gaslighting, um, you see Trump's like angel families thing, the angel, grotesque, the grotesque Fox News to start saying that one. Uh, and he also signed photos of the victims. So just you know, as. Obviously, you know, what happens to these families is terrible, but he's almost signing it like he did it himself. Yeah. Like, like the fact that like, 
one, immigrants commit crimes at a lower rate than native-borns, but don't let that stop you. Two, the fact that uh, the Nazis, the the Nazi party, the literal Nazi, I'm not saying like neo-Nazis, like the literal Nazi party, their paper, the Daily Sturmer, or Der Sturmer, had a section called Jewish Crimes yeah. that they published. And this is the exact same thing we're seeing. Like these, it's just like when they dragged the Benghazi moms out, like they're taking, they're exploiting these people's grief to whip their politic their base up into a frenzy and you know what it might work it, this is it's gonna work for their guys yeah. and it's like what we talked about last week is it's, it's not it's not that there's an intellectual argument to be made here it's that they're just they're just doing call and response they're yep. just saying like who's bad mexicans are bad yep. who's bad mexicans are bad yep. lock them up yep. it's like there's there's not there's nothing more behind it than just we know we'll get away with it mm-hmm. and we'll probably get a couple of hangers on in the process. All sorts of Fox News people, like there was a photo of a bunch of kids. They must have been like 12 or 13 years old sitting in an airport, like t- like forced to sit together all wearing black. And the, the tweet over and over and over again from all the Fox News talking heads was, these don't look like children to me. These look like th- soldiers. They yeah. Have, like these, they have facial hair. Like <sighs> there's... Some people are beyond redemption. There's literally no way that Trump could name three first and last name victims of undocumented immigrant violence, which does it exist? Yes. At a much lower rate than uh, all sorts of other types of every other crime, literally almost every other crime. Uh, But it's, it's not that he cares. The guy, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care about any of it. He He cares about consolidating power. So let's talk uh, enough about these awful people in charge of our country. Let's talk about something else. Okay. (laughs) A new study from creditcards.com reports that millennials are the worst tippers of all age groups. They don't, in that study though, they don't really quantify like, what do they mean by tipping? Do they mean like the absolute total? Do they mean that like we're leaving less in tips? Like, are they just, are they just reading the tip field? only it's on just our another bills. just another thing another thing that millennials have ruined right well yeah i mean could be or it could be a valid thing i mean people don't have a lot of extra money here but i feel like millennials have like a an odd sense of solidarity with each other where they're like look yeah. i see that you're 34 and working in a restaurant yeah. and you have a college degree i always tip 20 percent. I, I mean i'm i'm 20 percent minimum yeah. yeah it's like but if you are that person who's out there and you're not tipping at least 20 percent, number one grow up number two if you can't leave the extra dollar if you're like i should leave three dollars no i should leave four dollars you're like no let me go back to three like that one dollar will make a big difference to that waiter it won't make a big difference to you and yep. if it does just to be straight up you shouldn't be going out to eat dude you should stay home and save your money or go somewhere cheap yep. go somewhere where you don't have to tip but like those people work really hard as a former waiter of five years Tip your freaking waiters because it's not an easy job. No. Um, let's go overseas for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Italy, the, the the country of my wife's ancestors. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you were, you know, you were disappointed that this week's American fascism was a little subtle and like they weren't really being front and center with what they were trying to do. Uh, if Matteo Salvini, uh, for, uh, Italy foreign minister, vows action to expel thousands of Roma, a.k.a. gypsies. That's the pejorative term, but that's how most people know them. On Monday, Salvini ordered the census and the removal of all non-Italian Roma, which he called, quote, an answer to the Roma question. Of oh, maybe a solution. Oh, gee, that phrasing has never yeah. come up before. Uh, he also said, unfortunately, we will have to keep the Italian Roma because we can't expel them. Oh, no, unfortunately, we can't expel our own citizens. So, yeah, this is invited comparisons to Mussolini, uh, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. So that's great. 
con- some consolation. It's not just us. I guess that uh, makes me feel better. Yeah. Well, let's go. Did I know, ever tell you yeah. about? Did I ever tell you about the gypsy camp in Georgia? It's gypsy camp. So a uh, uh, Roma camp. Yeah. Like so in North Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. like right near the South Carolina border. Not where I've ever been at all. I, j- I just read about this on the internet sure. and corroborated it. Uh, there is a like North Augusta is home to an incredibly large gypsy population. Mm. Sorry, Roma population of like tens of thousands of people. Interesting. And there's all sorts of weird stories because you know, like culturally, the so, Roma are very different. Very, yeah. Like, and yeah. So like, I I read about like people who they were building these very elaborate, lavish homes. And then they would immediately board them up because in Roma culture, uh, a home like when built has demons in it for like five or seven years. And so people are building these crazy nice dream homes and just boarding them up and living in like an RV behind them. Until the demons leave? Until the demons leave. And so I was like, no, bullcrap. So I I like got on Google Street View and dropped my little man and like moved around. And there's frigging houses that are boarded up. These really nice houses that are boarded up all over the place. And... Uh, I guess in that culture, uh, there's a, there's a big movement towards like status obsession. And so, uh, somehow I don't remember how I found it, but I found like some Instagram pages and, uh, it was all of these, like mostly young women, uh, from this community just balling out. Well, they would, they would dress like, like an eighties glamor photo, like with like, they're like 13 years old, but they're wearing like sequin dresses and like big pearls and their oh. hair's done up really big and then this really like uh thick like odd colored eyeshadow on and stuff with like ultra bright lipstick and other girls would comment under it and be like you look so rich and then like <laughs> and then like i like would follow this rabbit hole and that's all they were saying to each other is like you look so rich very interesting it well, was listeners, the weirdest listeners if there are any experts in Roma, Roma yeah. and Romani culture out there. Somebody uh, holler at yeah, us. Yeah, we'd love to. I was, I was honestly, I followed that rabbit hole for like, like two and a half hours yeah. one day. Dude, and being, it's being, crazy. Being it, and it's super interesting, you know. And I, I don't know what the situation is like for the for the Roma living in America, but being, you know, uh, when I've traveled in Europe and seen Roma, especially in Italy, um, they're definitely like it is definitely like one of the last acceptable like openly despise like it's acceptable to openly despise that culture oh, sure openly racist yeah um in the same much in the same way uh micronesians here in hawaii like they they're they haven't assimilated oh for sure their culture like you know we can get in all of the arguments you hear exactly about micronesian you can, people you, can here. E- you easily make those arguments about roma and romani culture yeah um no that's that's interesting it was very interesting okay so that's a uh, national depressing international depressing uh let's flip back to local news okay so we're uh we're getting money out of politics. Yep. We're starting with uh, Connie L. Ng's $15,000 fine. Uh, Courtney Teague has a story in Civil Beat. State Rep. Connie L. Ng, a candidate in the 1st Congressional District, has been fined more than $15,000 for using campaign funds to pay for personal expenses and filing false reports. Yeah. Bank records showed Ng used his campaign accounts to pay rent to his Maui and Oahu landlords and a credit card bill for his domestic partner. Uh, the commission subpoenaed bank records covering a five-year period and found Ng failed to disclose $28,915 in campaign contributions. How much did he raise for his campaign? I have no idea, but $28,000 is still a lot of money. Yeah. And did not disclose $87,559 in expenditures. That's more than 60% of his total expenditures for legislative races, according That's to the complaint. not good. So, 
We're disappointed. Good good luck. So much for our first foray as millennials into politics in Hawaii, right? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people probably listen to us and think that like we're just like out to get this guy. Yeah. And I don't think we are. Like I think we just I think we understand the plight of millennials in the United States and the world and then specifically in Hawaii where it's like we've got so many things working against us. We have to work twice as hard to be half as good. You can't go around not disclosing yeah. your freaking expenditures I in, in donations. Way back when we had Alan Akau on the show, a good friend of the show, Tough Gong, episode three, we talked about Lee Cataluna had just put out a hit piece on Ige over the missile stuff. Sure. She put out another pretty vicious like hit piece on it, but like... I can't say I disagree with her. What is it? Is it just like does it have a sassy name? I'll just give, li- listeners, I'll just give you the headline. We're all tired, Connie Ling. That's no excuse. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're listening out there and you're a Connie Ling fan, that's fine. I just haven't. I mean, for me personally, I haven't seen the body of work that instills faith that he would be a good federally elected official. I think I I want the millennial revolution to happen more than anyone yeah but like i just don't know if this is our guy well in better news in better news mayor caldwell uh vetoed bill 35 or is gonna veto i'm not sure if it actually i think he vetoed it already perfect yeah so that's the one that would have required the city to cap lyft and uber and probably like put them out of mid force them to leave which is like i anticipated that he would probably veto that bill anyways because uh kurt caldwell for whatever faults you might find with him is pretty pro alternative transportation means and so like there's no way that no you comment can say, on the whole big rail project thing <laughs> hey 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 i still think rail is a good idea uh poorly managed but a good idea anyways i'm just saying yeah. like it and made sense that he would veto it so we had a we had a uh we had a bad local news story we had a good local news story and now we've got a sad local news story Uh-oh. feral cat poop is killing monk seals choose one you got to kill one of them. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to so, kill the cats? You're going to kill the seals? Nathan Eagle and Civil Beat. Toxoplasmosis killed three critically endangered Hawaiian monk seals that were found dead in a three-day period last month on Oahu. Federal scientists confirmed on Monday. So, uh, as everybody listening to this who lives here knows, we have about three or four million stray cats. There's oh. so many freaking cats at here. Least, at least 20 billion cats. It There's more cats here than there are roaches on the earth. Yeah, probably. It's um, it's like a weird sight to yeah. see how many and they like live in camps. Like what is it with afraid, like they're not afraid of humans. They're just like, "Oh, what's hey, what's up?" Yeah. Yeah. And they're mean. Not all of them. The ones S- at UH are nice. Some of them can be real mean. Yeah. So, I guess the thing is like spay and neuter your cats as Bob Barker always says. Yeah. And for the love of God, don't be one of those people who feeds entire colonies of stray cats too. Or I was who... once on, I was once on UH on UH campus uh, after a volleyball game like 8 p.m. on a Saturday night, and I see this white van driving up East West Road. This lady and gets out of the car, and I notice that maybe like 10 or 15 stray cats are following her. She gets out of the car, opens the double doors, and starts pouring out several five-gallon buckets just full of cat food. And within like 20 seconds, it was like the birds, Alfred Hitchcock, but with cats. Like the entire campus, like well over 100 stray cats just swarmed her. So they're living good. They're eating good. So people don't do that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but the alternative is like, what are you going to do? You're just going to let them starve? I don't want to think about little animals starving to death. There's no, there's no easy solution. Uh, but poor choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> back in a minute with our interview with Jill Takuda, Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back to the show. Our guest tonight is Senator Jill Takuda. She's represented Kaneohe and Kailua in the Hawaii Senate since 2006. 
and is currently chair of the Labor Committee. She is a graduate of Castle High School and studied international relations and Japanese at George Washington University in D.C. She's been executive aide to then-Lieutenant Governor and now U.S. Senator Maisie Hirono, director of development for the National Kidney Foundation of Hawaii, and a small business owner. Now, she's running to be Hawaii's next Lieutenant Governor, Senator Takuda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming by, and happy Kamehameha Day. Well, thank you. It's a, a great day to uh, enjoy some time with the family, or in this case, spend some time with both of you. In my basement. Yes. <laughs> your, new, your new podcast family. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, Senator Takuda, tell us your story. Well, you know, um, it's it's been a very um, interesting journey for myself. You know, honestly, very humble beginnings, and quite frankly, um, many people to thank for me being where I am today. Um, I am born to two very young parents who, quite frankly, um, gave up much for me to be where I am, um, you know, and I'm a very proud graduate of public schools. In fact, my two little boys, Matt and Aiden, eight and nine and a half, who are probably playing right now as we speak, um, or hopefully on their way to judo practice <laughs> or Aikido practice, excuse me, uh, go to the same public schools that I went to, so Kanui Elementary School. Uh, but had it not been for Kanui Elementary and King Intermediate and Castle High School, go I Knights. would not, uh, <laughs> yes, and proud Knights, and they will be third generation Knights yeah. uh, graduating in uh, 2026 and 2028. So we're very committed to our public schools. Um, I wouldn't have been able to um, have the kind of opportunities that I had, you know, first generation college student going to George Washington uh, University. And my parents uh, did struggle quite a bit to give me the opportunities that I did have, you know, as the young parents that they were. So for myself, um, public service was not just a way to give back to everyone that gave me um, what I did and opened the doors that it was. It was really to also pay forward, understanding how important it was um, for me to have um, those kinds of chances and how hard it was for us to struggle as a family, you know, not just educationally, um, but also for the fact that, you know, even housing, mm -hmm. rent was not easy, you know. Finding the house that we had was not easy. In fact, I still live in the house that we uh, first bought as a family, and it wasn't, um, had it not been for a chance, a Hulami Affordable Housing uh, project and actually getting on that lottery um, and getting that chance. In fact, we didn't get the first one. Uh, I don't think we got the second one. I think it was the third one. Um, we would not live in the house that we do today. You know, I remember um, watching my parents pick the house on the lot, standing on the dirt, seeing it come up, moving into the house for the first time, living with grandma and grandpa for a year while we saved up for that first mortgage payment. Um, that was the most incredible thing for me to have my own room, a lawn of my own. And so even now as a policymaker and chairing Ways and Means and Labor and other committees, um, funding programs like that, I understand what that is like for a family, that kind of game-changing moment to be able to really be able to um, rent a place of your own, to have a roof over your head. Uh, that's meaningful. And why as government, we've got to do more to make sure that families have these kinds of opportunities, have the ability to be able to um, have that quality of life here in Hawaii, where it can be extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and how government has to do better in that sense as well, because the more that we put on our families and businesses, um, those kinds of dreams get farther and farther out of reach. Uh, so for myself, that the work that I do in public service, um, this passion I have, it stems from a real place. It stems from a place where I have walked in many of, of the shoes that our constituents um, come from. You know, and for myself, especially as a working mom right now with two little kids, 
It is about making sure that they have those opportunities. They need to struggle like we all did yeah. as well, of course. Builds character. Yes, and humility. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that those opportunities are afforded for them and their peers as well going forward. Awesome. Now, the uh, especially on the Dem side, the LG race is a, is a big field. That's Lieutenant it Governor is. for all you listening at home. Sorry, I'm using the, <laughs> uh, I'm using the hip lingo, I'm, yeah. uh, what they call in the know. Uh, but anyway, so all the candidates we've found, you guys are all very qualified mm-hmm. and you all all of you have something very interesting to offer. What would you say makes you stand out from the rest? Well, definitely, you know, I think it is a crowded field. And I think that's great for democracy, by the way, I think, because I really hope that this is the year where we just blast through those numbers and people just, you know, head to the polls. Yeah. Absentee is great, by the way, and they drop in four weeks. So, um, you know, if you don't feel like being at that ballot booth um, on August 11th, by all means, go ahead and send in those absentee applications because that's the easiest way you can sit in your basements by yep. the way and you can fill in i your have absent- one of those we got you, you both have you we, can- yeah we got to get better at voting are we like for i think if i could do it in my basement i'd yeah. probably vote more are we it, are we 50th like in we're not turnout? doing that well we're near the last but i'm telling yeah. you if they had cool basements like yours everyone would be sitting everybody in them. could vote from their basement yeah. uh, <laughs> through facebook you should you should start they would then uh, sell to cambridge analytica turn this into a polling place this my basement precinct one you Kamuki. could definitely yeah. drive up the um the numbers of people voting absentee <laughs> if you allow them to come and vote in your cool basement and, and you get to play with ryan's dogs too there you go uh, as a dog lover, I agree if you allowed people to take <laughs> dogs to the polls. Um, or if you had dogs at the polls. You know, we were talking polls. about publicly funded elections. <laughs> what about publicly funded dogs? Single pair of dog care? Wow. <laughs> that, could be, that could be big if true. I actually have had um, dogs at my office many times, service animals. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. And I tell you that they do bring down the blood pressure. They do, yeah. Um, at the Capitol, which is very helpful yeah, when you consider the stress levels. Uh, during the legislative session, oh, everybody just it like helps so... policy making <laughs> and it yeah. encourages cooperation. I you guys agree. heard it here first. Jill Takuda is promising <laughs> to make dogs legal everywhere in Hawaii if she's elected lieutenant governor. So how, how much time, uh, you know, you're you're based out of Kaneohe, Kailua. How much time have you spent campaigning on Oahu versus the neighbor islands? Well, you know, I think especially when you consider it's a statewide election, you have to um, balance your time out between the neighbor islands Um, as well as Oahu. And while Oahu is a considerable portion of the population, you cannot negate the importance of the fact that um, the neighbor islands rule Oahu. Mm -hmm. It's very unique. Every community on this island of Oahu is unique, but especially on the neighbor islands as well, different characters, different needs, different concerns. Uh, You have to take the time to listen. That's something I've always done, by the way, throughout my 12 years in the state Senate, whether it was chairing education, chairing ways and means. you have to go there. You have to um, walk in their backyards, sit and listen to their concerns, um, go to their schools and understand um, the importance, the characters of the community. You can't do that uh, sitting in that square building on Oahu. It is my hope that as they look at that ballot and when they see my name, they not only see my name, they see what they want for this state because it's more than just about me. It's about what they want for this state and their future. You know, you asked me the question, what separates me from the rest of the candidates? And every candidate um, has their unique um, characteristics Mm -hmm. and features. They've been serving for many years individually. You know, for myself, I really do believe it is that, especially as a policymaker, 
you know what separates me is that i have lived the policy i have lived public service you know um, i am a working mom i am somebody who has can relate to many of the individuals that's out there um, and, and i think that is really important that people are craving um, some authenticity when it comes to the people that serve they want to know that that voice that's sitting at the executive level understands what they're going through. Because while we do have many of the signs of economic prosperity, mm. high tourism numbers, economic growth. Low unemployment rate. Low unemployment All rate. kind of deceptive. At the same time, yeah. I can tell you what I feel when I go and sit down at my kitchen table at night mm -hmm. and I've got a stack of bills right there. I still have to struggle to figure out what can we afford and what can we not? And government has to do the same thing because the more we add, it comes off of your back and out of your pocketbooks at the same time. And the more we add, it goes onto the shoulders and the backs of our kids. That's going to make the difference as to whether or not they can actually stay here, whether our families can afford to still be here. And that means a lot to me, especially as I look at our own families, as I walk my kids to school and I see other families and I see teachers and I see principals and I see the struggles firsthand right here and I go to the soccer field mm -hmm. and I see other families and I see friends and you see those same challenges and you see those same pressures and you feel them yourself. Our decisions have real consequences. Our lack of actions have real consequences. And for me, it was very clear, we have to step up. I have to step up to make sure that you have somebody in the executive branch who understands that because I live that every single day. And that's, I think, the difference that separates myself and what I want to be an advocate for, for those working families in the Lieutenant Governor's office. Speaking more on advocacy, uh, way back earlier in the year, we interviewed our mutual friend, Rufino Magliba. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, <laughs> he speaks very highly of you. Uh, and one thing that he mentioned in particular uh, about you was your paid family leave bill. Mm -hmm. um, what the heck happened? <laughs> There was so much um, hope for the, the paid family leave bill. I, I agree. And we do have to do more to make sure that we have a progressive paid family leave um, law moving forward and those benefits for our families in the very, very near future. You know, um, because it's not just about the little ones, mm -hmm. but that is important so that mothers and fathers can bond with their newborns um, so that our seniors can age with dignity in their homes cared for by loved ones so that uh, if a family member gets sick they have somebody who loves them that can care for them at any age and that happens and so in order for us to realize this as a compassionate dignified society then we have to embrace progressive policies like paid family leave. And the reality is we're the last industrialized nation in the world to do that. <laughs> it's, it's really sad if you think about that. Yeah. We criticize a lot of other countries. The richest country on earth. Yes, for many other atrocities. And yet we don't have paid family leave. And we have to be a state that models the kind of behavior and change that we want to see. Um, and yet change we know is hard. But we still need a champion that's going to be able to bring diverse sides together to 
aggressively yet balanced in a balanced way put forward these policies. You know, for Chair Johansson and I, this was on the top of our agenda. And it was tough that we couldn't immediately put into place. But I do believe what we were able to do at least was put a very solid framework in place that in the next year and a half to two years, we will have that in place. By passing a sunrise analysis, which is the precursor to passing actual um, progressive benefits, we've laid the framework so that very quickly you can pass laws that say this is how we will ensure benefits for all of our employees going forward. You don't want to wait till you need it to understand the why. And I think many of us do understand the why. So let's go ahead and make sure that we can put this in place sooner than later. Um, you, know, you mentioned uh, your kids are third generation public school. You obviously have very much skin in the game, strong invest, uh, you're invested in it, in our public school's future. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you got some accolades too. The uh, National Alliance of Public Charter Schools Champion for Charters Award and two-time Hawaii Public Charter School Network Legislator of the Year. Um, what would you do to fix and improve public education in Hawaii? And particularly, what changes can we make that don't involve spending more money? That's a that could be a long question yeah. <laughs> answer. <laughs> but you know, um, <clears throat> you have thirty seconds. I have thirty seconds. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, you know, um, and actually they're going to be fourth generation public school graduates, uh, but third generation Castle Knights uh, mm, specifically, right. you know, um, somebody actually asked me that question. Well, if you could just do one thing, yeah. one thing to help our, to help our schools, to improve our schools and education, what would you do? And, and I had to think a bit for that because tons of things come to your mind when sure. you think about education and schools and especially for myself as a, a former education chair and I have been working actually on education reform for probably about 30 years there's no silver bullet though and, I mean, and there absolutely yeah. is no silver bullet right and everybody thinks it's money mm-hmm. but if you ask me it has it's not money money in fact is probably the simplest thing you could do and it's probably one of the least effective if you ask me what's the one thing that I would do if I had a magic wand right now sure to to help our schools, it would be to have everyone believe in our schools, believe in their schools and our teachers and our students. If we could get everyone to believe in their schools and embrace their schools and make sure that every child was surrounded by support, a supportive team of adults that cared about them, believed in them, then my dream would come true because then the money would come. The money would be there. Any money you put into it would be magnified tenfold. You believe in something, then whatever you put into it would be magnified. You know, I, I truly believe that people have to take a step back and take a look at all the good things that are happening in our schools. It's very easy to see all the things that they feel are going wrong mm-hmm. in our schools, the negative things. It's much harder to stop and focus in on all the positive successes that are going right. And there's so much more of that. And then how can we increase and magnify all of those positive things? How can we add resources there from the public side? How can we increase our private participation in that levels? That's how you're going to start seeing school success, community support. You know, that's where the magic really happens. 
And for myself, as somebody who's been so invested in our schools, not just as a public school graduate mm -hmm. or a parent or as an education chair, that's what I would love to absolutely see. And if you ask me, especially from a campaign perspective, one of the big platform areas that I have suggested is everyone always asks one question of me. One of the first questions they ask me um, is, well, the office of the lieutenant governor, what does that do? Yeah. Name, Name changes. changes. Name changes. Um, <laughs> ribbon cutting. Yeah. Right. You know, governor's out of town. Got a actually sound like a sweet job. Yeah. You know, I would love that you job. You get a driver. I guess the field is crowded, but yeah. maybe my distinguishing factor could be that I'm incredibly unqualified and <laughs> not from Hawaii originally. It's bold. Yeah. It's bold and innovative. Yeah. But one of the things that I've suggested is, well, change it. We mm. should change it. Let's add some definition and substance to this office because to me, there's way too much things that we need to be doing as a state, way too many challenges and issues and opportunities that you should have two executive offices mm -hmm. and no definition and substance placed around the office of the Lieutenant Governor. And maybe I'm biased because, you know, as education chair, I help to you know, craft the legislation that defined the appointed board of education after the citizens voted to have it be appointed. And this was on the heels of furlough Friday when they said, we don't want to elect it anymore. We want it to go appointed so we can ensure accountability. But one of the strong ideas I have is make the lieutenant governor the chair of the board of education. Hmm. Similar to how, for example, the vice president heads the United States Senate. Hmm. Similar to how in some you know, state's lieutenant governor might be secretary of state. Mm -hmm. Add some substance and definition. So when you actually look at the office of lieutenant governor going forward into the future, you're not asking non-substantive questions like, do you get along with the governor? Yeah. What you're going to do because all you do is commissioner of deeds or name changes. You want red ribbon or blue ribbon? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> blue. it's all ceremonial. Yeah. You can start asking leadership questions like, what's your vision for education? The fact that it makes up over 25% of the state budget and you have over 256 schools, millions of square footage of campus, and you touch basically almost every life, every community in the state of Hawaii, oversees over 50 libraries in the state. You have the opportunity to have real change. And by the way, if we don't like how you perform, we don't have to reelect you. You know, you have real substantive change and substantive opportunities to ask questions about this individual who's running now. To me, that helps to become a game changer for education first and foremost. But now, as you're looking at your second highest chief executive in the state of Hawaii, you can start asking them real questions about their character, their qualifications, and their leadership. And that's critical too. So that's something that I'm really, you know, keyed in on because we shouldn't let anyone just go by running for this level of position and not be asking those kinds of substantive leadership questions. Moving a little bit away from the politics of things, mm -hmm. one thing we like to ask everybody is, what do you do for fun? In addition to hanging out with my kids, sure. which is, is my fun, yeah. uh, my husband and I binge watch television. What are you watching? That's, that's, that's what's going to well, determine whether I vote for you or not. 
It's We're in a golden era of prestige yes. television. It, so we are. We choose are. carefully, but <laughs> I. It depends on the season. Okay. What do you? What are your top like? Your <sighs> go tos. You're like I'm gonna watch every episode of this. Well, right now on my my ringtone right now actually is Fire and Ice. So I am Game a of Game Thrones? of Thrones fan, <laughs> big right. time. What's your I, house? Um. Well, she she can't answer that, dude. That's true. Oh. That'll, that's true insight. That'll reveal yeah. too much. That, yeah, that is. That yeah. is very. Yeah, um, that's very personal. You do yeah. know you that, can't right? How? Oh um, my gosh! It's almost um, like we're real journalists or something. Yeah. <laughs> you never ask a lady her age or her house. That's that's true. Yeah. that's true. She's gonna say Bolton's. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I am a politician, but I, I, I do have certain ethical standards here. Um, so Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, and when considering how long I have to wait for Game of Thrones now, sure. which is yeah. very upsetting, by the way, um, I do appreciate the fact that um, Walking Dead okay. at least gives me a little bit more coverage, sure. although I do have to wait between okay. between seasons. I like to keep up with the kids, mm-hmm. though. Uh, fortunately, my kids are too young to watch this, mm-hmm. but I have nieces in intermediate school age. Um, so I have been recently completely disturbed by 13 reasons why season oh, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. very disturbing. My wife's and, been watching that, but, yeah, uh, very unfortunately timely. This, yeah. Yes. This, seriously. This past week. Oh, um, yeah. and telling my brother, maybe he shouldn't, he has the daughters. I'm like, you should maybe not watch this at all. He can't even yeah. bring himself to watch this. And although I am now saving up on this, my husband has not tuned in on this one yet, but I am literally hoarding up my episodes of um the handmaid's tale oh, oh yeah solid okay. all right well I, i've got t-shirts for all of these shows by the way if your which, taste in policy is as good as your taste in tv i, I have i have you're at least good. gonna hit the high notes of being a good, <laughs> good elected she official didn't say, she didn't say why she likes handmaid's tale though. that's true <laughs> yeah wait what it's what are comedy. you implying <laughs> <laughs> it's a com- it's a comedy. Right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's do some listener questions. Okay. Okay. So something, a couple of people have raised with us. They want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we looked into this. You were named the 2017 Legislator of the Year by the Hawaii Farm Bureau, mm-hmm. um, and you took money from mm-hmm. Monsanto and mm-hmm. other big ag companies. Mm-hmm. How does that affect your stance and your votes on things like GMOs, pesticides, and the intersection between the environment and agriculture? Well, that's a that's a good question, and that's a, a fair question. Uh, from your viewers, you know, and it kind of goes back to, I think, a little bit of what I mentioned a little earlier, uh, going back to paid family leave. And I think as a policymaker, um, first and foremost, you have to, um, and again, why the Farm Bureau gave me the award in the first place. The Farm Bureau is made up of representations of organic farmers, Mm -hmm. of seed corn farmers, um, everyone, right, in that particular vein. And I was the... um, Ag Hawaiian Affairs Chair back in 2008. And what that experience showed me is that at the end of the day, um, you need all kinds of ag to make ag work here. You don't, you can't have just one kind of agriculture. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that um, we preserve our best agricultural lands. In fact, one of the things that I fought for side by side Uh, the Farm Bureau was to protect our most important agricultural lands. It took 30 years for us to actually pass that incentive. Um, That was my bill so that we could actually trigger that most important designation. As a result of us passing that law back in 2008, 
working with the Farm Bureau. Hundreds of thousands of acres now have that designation IAL. That means that it's protected better than any other classification of land from development. That's our best lands, you know, and that's essential for us to be able to be able to grow food on that land and make sure that it's not going to have houses on it instead. Uh, something that was happening time and time again. Um, and that was critical. Um, and part of, though, the discussion of, you know, how do we reconcile um, seed corn versus organic? What I did see in that discussion is we have to start having everyone at the table because whether you're Monsanto or an organic farmer, the reality is everyone is now also under threats from a number of things. There's a lot of biosecurity issues, pests, um, you know, issues with access to land, water, infrastructure, but especially the pest issue. And you have to start being able to bring people together to even have rational civil discussions. You cannot have just one person at the table and have a balanced discussion about agriculture, how we defend land, how we support agriculture here in Hawaii, you know? And for myself, it's always been about having that balance, making sure that we have an open and civil discussion about supporting agriculture. I think as a result of that, I have had broad support from a number of different places, including the seed industry, you know, and from a number of different types of farmers um, and people in the industry as well. Um, you know, I think I've even gotten donations in the past from organic farmers as well. You know, I would never turn them away if they, they gave them to me, that's for sure. Um, we always need money, right? But, you know, the reality is we have to be able to bring individuals from all sides of the issue together. You know, I voted in support of the various buffer zones. I've passed bills to take a look at disclosure laws as well. My goal has always been how do we bring people together not isolate it so that we only have one side of the issue at the table. And I think that's part of good policy making is to look at how do we have a breadth of um, representation at the table so we can bring about some kind of positive change. Our next listener question, uh, we've gotten this one. This is, I don't know why they want to know this, but you're on a desert island. You get one movie, one book, one album. What are they? <laughs> One movie, one, one book, and one album. I am a Harry Potter fan. Solid too. answer. So, and you only get one movie though, right? One movie. Like the movie and book and book on tape. Okay, <laughs> but you know, for Harry Potter, the first one is my go-to. Book or movie? The movie. Okay. So you got to do the first one. Um, so Sorcerer's Stone, mm -hmm. um, first one. Or Philosopher's Stones if for our UK listeners. Yes. If running for a parliament. That's true. Um. So first one and then book. Oh, I got a lot of books that I would see. I, you only get one though. You only get one. Yeah, I, the, I can't the take boat's leaving. Kindle, no, right? you have to choose I, I quickly. I can't just take the Kindle with me, right? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. There's no electricity. There's no electricity. No, and I don't know how you're going to play the album, but for some reason you have a record player, but no other. Solar powered record player. Yeah. Well, okay. So then they always say take the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Yeah, sure. That's a good one. But see, I'm going to have a total re more regret when I'm on that island and I'm going to wish for other books. That's probably true. You know, so I'm just going to say the first one that popped in my brain, um, The Alchemist. 
Mm. Yeah. For some reason, that just popped in my brain. Okay. Although I got a lot of other books, like yeah. Wrinkle in Time and all that other stuff that came into my head, too. I like your, your young adult streak. Um, That's but good. Then the Alchemist came into my, my head. And then the, the album. Yeah, what album? Oh, man. Album's tough. Who's your favorite band? Of all time, like what? What does your gut tell you? Who's got let her answer the first question. I'm trying to help. Oh, I'm trying to help. No, no, I'm, no, I'm trying to guide. We're trying Al. to fake like we're journalists. We can't and <laughs> we can't enhance our question. I, but album is like so. You, you can't even do that nowadays because you know, as a result of all these playlists, you don't mm-hmm. have to have like one album. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can have like a playlist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's almost like not fair, yeah. right? But should, it, we, I mean, should we make it one band's playlist? No, unfortunately, the listener uh, question is one like album. One <laughs> album. I mean, it's like. I gonna have to go with what exactly came to my head then, right? Yeah. And again, totally gonna have remorse, and I'm done. I'm gonna be on the island, like kicking myself. Text us later, and then we'll. It's 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 <laughs> we'll gonna have to be Guns and Roses. Wow. Ooh, for destruction. Okay. That's right. a solid. Welcome to, welcome to the jungle. I like your yes. choice in art. I like your choice in art. It's just, it's gonna have to go with that first thing out of my head. All right, and then uh, this is a question that we ask to every person on the show. Mm-hmm favorite restaurant and we'll give you we've actually let the question we've sort of we've bisected it recently and said you can have like a casual or like friend coming into town and then one for like date night yeah favorite restaurant Mm -hmm. like i eat out right like i get time to eat out yeah i mean people look to they look to our guests to inform them about policy and the votes they should make but more importantly where they should go eat that's right i think partially we started because we wanted to know where to go eat where to go eat yeah yeah do you eat out a lot? Not, I have two kids, man. I don't eat much of anything. So if your husband, <laughs> if your like... husband, if your husband's gonna surprise you with date night, where are you hoping? Do he you picks? honestly think I get surprised much? I mean, oh, okay, he's, he'll probably just... listen to this and go seriously. You're gonna yeah, make me look bad. Like, and all of a sudden, uh, Senator Jill Takuda filed for divorce today. <laughs> he's gonna be like, "That's it. We're going out, honey." <laughs> um, let's see. One of the places I do like, and my kids now love it. Okay. In Kanyui. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm gonna mispronounce the name. Um, it's okay. Chow Chai Fao Thai. It's this little Thai restaurant, mm. Mama Toy, in Kanioi. If you like Thai food, we do like we do. Thai food. In, um, in Windward City Shopping Center. I've been there forever. It's right in the cor- tucked in the corner by Starbucks, and Excellent. she's been there forever, ever, ever. Um, and that's the reason, what we're looking for. The reason my children love it now is because if you bring little kids, the chef will make them their their own little things oh, like um, when my awesome. sons you know they made my son's onion rings the chef made <laughs> my son onion rings and then the desserts oh my gosh for the kids he'll make the craziest desserts that sounds awesome with, like um cake and like ice cream and all this nuts right on. ribbons on it it's like oh. i i was jealous but of course we get to eat it too now the homemade coconut ice cream. Mm. If you like homemade coconut ice oh. cream, who doesn't? And if you like, and I'm a coffee drinker by the way. Sure. So I have to have the iced coffee there. Mm. It is ridiculous. I will have so it good. for dinner. I'll have it for lunch. I'll have it for anything. <laughs> I will just go for the coffee some days and okay. have the iced coffee and the long rice shrimp salad. So obviously, okay, this is a These great. People place. better vote for you. This, this is, is a this ringing. They've got like a Jill Takuda sign yeah. in their window, right? Yeah. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> But it's it's an awesome place and especially kid friendly. Yeah. I mean, how can you? You well, know, you know kid friendly. We haven't had a kid friendly. Yeah. place. that's true. That's true. That's good. And I'm actually I'm looking it up. I looked it up right now. Uh, it's Chow Phya Thai restaurant. Yes, yeah. C H A O P H Y A Thai restaurant. Uh, it's got 69 reviews. 
an average of 4.3 stars. See, awesome. That's really strong. good. That's awesome. real strong. Awesome. And so, yes, like I said, you can take the cakey and... But they've got big portions too, Shoot. like That's lamb good. shank and all this kind of stuff. So if you're hungry, hungry, you can. But if you just want salad, uh, you can just get that too, you awesome. know. But everything is really, really good. So I would say that's a perfect mix between, you know, dinner with the family and date night. So that Very, would be my Thread place. the needle. Very I good. I like it. Yes. Uh, any final <laughs> thoughts? No, this has been fun. Oh, thank you so fun. much. It would have only been topped if you had the dogs here. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, well, I mean, seriously, next half time, of the show, know? uh, for those of you listening at home is editing <laughs> dog sounds out of it. <laughs> yeah. And then pause while Ryan gets the spray bottle. Yeah. Resume <laughs> the spray bottle for context. I squirt my dog with water to make him be quiet because oh. I don't like hitting him. And that, I, that's, and I'm like, I Very don't know what else to do. Um, yeah, so I just squirt of, him on water. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, Senator Jill Takuda running for <laughs> Lieutenant Governor. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Don't trust me. Don't trust me. Don't trust me. DJ Jow will. It's hard for me. And I got him. It's hard for me. And I got him. Alabama's very young. DJ Jow will. Hey. It's hard for me to trust in them hey. And I got on hey. And I spot on What's good, DJ? Hey. Y'all will I see? Hey. Yeah, it's hard for me to trust a nigga That's why I don't even deal with it. Most things can't keep it real with you So how the fuck I supposed to deal with you? Loyalty I always preach Think it's on your family tree Don't think because I'm on the island That your body can't be touched or reached Doing right, these niggas, I bring out your G They just wanna be some leeches Trying to eat for free Hang him the presidential speech But your life can be in peace No, it ain't no Donald Trump in me You ain't just playing with that fire, boy, I am the heat don't you play with me Especially when we know where your people sleep That's why I can never feel niggas, feel niggas. But I'm always keep it real with you No, I don't trust a nigga hey, It's hard for me to trust a nigga, trust a nigga If your mama don't deal with you Your own family won't deal with you No, I don't trust a nigga Stuggin' all up on their page But it ain't the same person when you face to face Guess they gotta do it for their fan base You say your life amazing, Damn, but son, ain't where'd you find this? Gotta move strategic the way I was raised A lot of dirty money, never seen a cage Stand to yourself, create a lot of hate Through every crooked smile, a jealous handshake It's honesty they can't take I would never sell my soul for you to make a way I'm loyal to my niggas that I can't say Just to please a stranger, neck I won't break Line them all up, I put them all in place Gotta keep it real in the world of fate Gotta stay awake for every dream I taste Your home can be the wrong place for your head to lay That's why I can never feel niggas But I'm always keeping 
life.